A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts threw all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know Hello, Hello babies. babies! Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I am Emily Heller. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. We're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. <laughs> We're the hosts and we call our listeners babies. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and anyone who happens to hear the podcast being played on someone else's speakers, I guess. You're a it's, baby too. You're a baby yeah, by association. There's some collateral babies out there. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're wondering why we're talking like this. Uh, <laughs> this is a very special, special episode. This is a episode. special episode of Baby Geniuses. The network that our show is on, Maximum Fun, is throwing a virtual block party from now until October 22nd. And you are invited. During Block Party, Max Fun shows are releasing episodes that are especially welcoming to new audiences, like this one you're listening to right now. <laughs> Which, honestly, I think is such a good idea, because we have been doing this podcast for uh, almost 10 years, and it it I will say there's probably some things about it that have become inscrutable. <laughs> you think? Do you think? I feel like we're pretty accessible. I don't know. Well, I, we'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll talk about it. I think there's some ways in which it has not changed at all and some ways in which it has changed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but if you have been encouraging a friend to try out this show, uh, this is the perfect episode to share with them. Hopefully. I don't know. We haven't recorded it yet. So hopefully it's a good, <laughs> good episode to share. It might be a bad one. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what your friend says. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. We're, they were deeply insecure about this already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sassy about it. Uh, it's also a great time to check out shows you've been curious about since they're releasing episodes geared towards new audience members, too. Um, there's so, a, lot yeah, of, a lot of Max Fun shows that I really like. Um, like, I love the Jackie and Lori show. I think that's a really fun one. Oh, yeah. There's other ones, too, that, you know, if you feel like you can't start them because there's too many inside jokes and things you feel like you're missing out on, this is the, this is the time to check it out. They'll let you in on all their secrets. All their secrets. <laughs> They'll explain all the magic tricks. <laughs> uh, Blog Party also has games recommendations, a volunteer event, a limited edition poster, and more. Find out more about all that fun stuff at MaximumFun.org uh, forward slash Block Party. <laughs> and tell your friends. Uh, text your friends. Text all your friends and tell them that the podcast network you like has this special thing happening. Well, tell your friends, too, like, I've been listening to this cool show, Baby Geniuses, and now you can listen to it as well. It's not it's not only for the elites anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's a reputation that we have unfairly earned, that it's that our show is only for elites. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm tired of that. I'm just a good old boy who you can have a beer with. Yeah, I am salt of the earth. I feel like there's going to be points in this show where people are going to think, like, is that an inside joke? And it's not going to be. It's just going to be us saying nonsense. Just a weird thing we said <laughs> for no yeah, reason. Yeah, that, th uh, that wasn't a joke. That was just me talking weird. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about what Baby Genius is the show is, because, you know, I went digging into the archives. Ooh. Our show has changed quite a bit, both in terms of format, frequency. We also changed podcast networks at one point. We were not always on Maximum Fun. Yeah. Um, and when we first started the show, 
like, how would you describe our show when it first started? <laughs> what was our intention exactly? Well, f- you, w- w- it had a m- more informative sort of angle, like, and it, it had guests. First of all, we had two guests per episode, which was totally thrown out. Um, <laughs> and when we first recorded, I was like, I'm just going to be your sidekick. Like, I'm just going to sit on the side and doodle while you do all the talking. And then that quickly, I just became a co-host because I couldn't <laughs> couldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, uh, what was our what was our intention when we started? Do you remember? Does it say in those early? So I found our early emails um, where we were talking about our formatting um, and what we were going to do. Um, <laughs> and our original premise, as reflected in part of our theme song, is tell me something I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, and our original idea was that this would be like we would have people on who would tell us things that they knew that we didn't. Yeah. And we would tell each other things we knew that the other one didn't. And here's what I think... Like, when I think about when we started our podcast, my intention, my deep emotional intention that I don't know if I shared with you or not, was that I felt like I was getting stupider (laughs) because I wasn't (laughs) in college anymore. And I felt like I didn't have enough interesting things to say to people and that I didn't know enough things. And I also didn't know how to... I also just wanted to make you be my friend. Done. Done and yeah. done. <laughs> we did not know each other very well when we started this podcast. No, we'd only hung out like a couple of times. Uh, yeah. And then you just mentioned sort of missing having a radio show that you did in the Bay Area. And I was like, oh, you should start a new show. And you said, great. Do you want to co-host it with me? And I just said, yes. yeah, OK. And I didn't think it would actually happen, but you made it happen. I didn't know yet that you were very like organized and driven. Right. <laughs> well, and also just to give you guys a little bit backup of background on who we are, when we first met. I had just moved to New York to pursue stand-up comedy. Lisa was this illustrator, artist, comic book artist who I already knew who she was. Mm. And then we met through uh, Lisa's then and current partner, Adam. Yeah, he was doing Um, a a show and, and you were there and I was there. Yes, and our and eyes, also... eyes, eyes met across a crowded <laughs> bar, and I saw your little backpack, and I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> you were like, "I got to go talk to that little weirdo," but I knew, I knew you guys were dating because, like, I saw on Facebook. Yeah, and I was like, "Your girlfriend is Lisa Handelwald. I'm a huge fan of hers." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I made you be my friend. Yay! And um, the podcast was in part to make you be my friend and in part to like make other people be my friend also and to make me a more appealing friend to all (laughs) did it work (laughs) i don't know i don't think so (laughs) i don't think i've learned i haven't learned anything it was really good for a while because we were having all these guests um and they were all like your comedian friends uh mostly or you know various people that you knew that that really makes it sound like the podcast isn't good anymore (laughs) you were like it was good for a while (laughs) no i mean it was it was good in that it was i met a lot of people through it and i think it like helped me with like my shyness a lot yeah um, so, I think one and then of I, the... you know I got over it so now we don't need guests anymore thanks <laughs> you know we're done you and I when we first met we both had a few really important things in common one of them was that we uh were both disgusting 
Um, yeah. We really liked being dirty, both physically and also in what we talked about and thought about. Yeah. Um, just bodily functions all the time. And then we also both had an amount of social anxiety where, like, the idea of a structured, like, finite yeah. uh, social interaction was way more appealing than just, like, going to a party. See, I never knew that about you, that you had that same kind of, like, social anxiety. And it makes total sense now that you're saying that. Yeah. I I forced you to hang out with me weekly at the same time so that I would (laughs) never have to ask you if you wanted to hang out. That is uh, (laughs) so brilliant. (laughs) I mean, it's why I liked doing stand-up in part, because it was like, I'm going to see my friends at a regular time. Like, it's going to be scheduled. They have to come. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Totally. Um, And... Uh, you know, over the years, the the podcast has changed. We got we both got too busy to s- continually schedule guests. We used to have a, a like a an interview guest, and then also like a character guest who's someone who was in character as an expert on something. Yeah, doing improv. Would, yeah, doing improv and just silly nonsense. Um, and then we both got busy, and now we we just do it with you and me. Um, we've built up enough of a rapport. <laughs> <laughs> I hope <laughs> we don't need anyone else, but like. Originally, like when I was trying to remember what it was like at the beginning of us doing this podcast, I was like, it was a super focused podcast with like a very clear theme of knowledge. But when I went looking back at our emails about starting this podcast, we were truly all over this, all over the place. Yeah. Here are some of the the um, segments you pitched at the beginning. Oh, my um, God. I'm, I'm like, I hope this is not embarrassing. I mean, it definitely is, but I don't think you should feel embarrassed. It's like, I think it will be embarrassing to you, but it shouldn't be. Does that make sense? Okay. So you said, um, we were going to call the podcast, Tell Me Something I Don't Know. And you said, I daydreamed ideas for little segments, but I don't know if they'll fit. For example, each episode, we can talk about something we did that felt brave. Oh, that's so corny. (laughs) And then in parentheses. In parentheses, you said, I think I got that idea because you are pretty fearless, whereas I am fearful. So our ideas of bravery will be different to a funny degree. Mm. Or do a movie report where we have to watch the same movie and then talk about it briefly. Fried Green <laughs> Thelma and Magnolias, <laughs> I think was maybe your segment name for that. What the hell? <laughs> and then here's how I responded. So I said, here's some... Uh, I said, I like that premise a lot, but maybe let's brainstorm some others just in case. I'm being so rude. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> definitely your MO. <laughs> Here are some ideas that I am thinking of as I write them. Umami, which is the name they came up with for when something tastes meaty. Do you guys remember when umami wasn't just like a thing we all knew about? It was yeah. like they just came out with umami. Okay. Boy, I am uh, very glad we did not call our podcast that. <laughs> well, this was a segment idea, oh, not yeah. like a, yeah. Um, salty, sweet, sour didn't cover that territory, so they had to make a new word for it. Could mean a lot of things. Like, what are we, what we are talking about is meaty, but we're also exploring new and unnamed things. Oh, wait, maybe that was a, I don't know. Maybe those were, these were podcast title ideas. Yeah. Or a whole range of tastes and stuff. So it could mean a little bit of everything, but also the new. Uh, monkey paw. Every show ends with us making a wish. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Smells like mean spirit. I don't know if that's a premise or just a pun or neither. (laughs) Million dollar idea. We always have some great get rich quick schemes. Slumber party. We could play games that you play at a slumber party. 
Alternate names for Tell Me Something I Don't Know. What Did You Learn? Something I Don't Know. The Know-It-Alls podcast. Know-Nothing Know-It-Alls. Knowledge. As far as segments, I think a movie segment is a really good idea, especially if it's movies from a really long time ago for no reason. This would work particularly well if we were doing Slumber Party Idea because you watch movies at Slumber Parties. Um, anyway. How did I get away with calling it Baby Geniuses? Because I think that was my idea, and then we were just like, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it was your idea. You responded. You said, I like the idea of calling something umami. I think of that flavor as something you want to savor and roll around in your mouth forever. <laughs> Ugh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> um, and then uh, you said, um, here are some other uh, show names you suggested. I have no idea. Know it nuns, emotional intelligence. Know it nuns. Yeah. <laughs> know it nuns. <laughs> um, Heller knows best. Smart dumbs. Baby geniuses. In parentheses, I was trying to think of titles that start with A or B so they'd be at the top of people's iTunes lists. <laughs> Smart. Can you imagine if we called it Heller knows best? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um. <laughs> generous, generous su- suggestion on my part. <laughs> Point is, we did not have a super clear idea of what this show was going to be. And we had always had really disparate ideas for segments. And that has only continued as time has gone on. It's great. We just sort of add add segments as we go along. Our newest one is called Endorse Horse. And we each uh, talk about something that we endorse. Should we do that right now? Uh, Sure. Okay, let's do Endorse Horse. Endorse Horse is when we just tell you a thing we recommend. Baby geniuses endorse, letting nature take its course. Endorphins pump from the source when they hop up on that horse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Endorse horse. Endorsing services and items, no remorse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Riding off into the sunset, now here's something we endorse. And special shout out to my brother Nate Heller, who has been on call for the past 10 years to create a new theme song for us anytime we decide to make something a new segment on the show. <laughs> um, do you have an, any uh, endorse horses? I, I yes. called the segment without a, without a clear one in mind. <laughs> I'm going to endorse uh, Samantha Irby's newsletter. Uh, do you subscribe to it? No, and I don't know why, because every time she posts a segment from it, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to go read that. It's so funny. Um, so normally she <laughs> she just like recaps episodes of Judge Mathis, which is a show that I didn't even know existed. Um, <laughs> Judge Mathis, Mathis, I think. Judge Mathis. Yeah. See, I don't know anything about it. Uh, <laughs> but do, she does occasionally recommend like other books, you know, makeup shows she likes. Um, <clears throat> and recently she wrote some Roman and Jerry sexy fanfic. Oh, hell yeah. From Succession. Yes. Um, and I begged her to add Tom Wamsgans to it. And so she added like one line with him. She just she threw me a Tom <laughs> Now I have to read it. Wow. Full, full disclosure, she was working on Tucumberti season three in the writer's room. Um, but can I can I just read you a very brief uh, part of this fanfic? Please. I'm going to pull my car over right now. <clears throat> pull, o- pull over your car. Um Jerry joins Roman on her luxurious sofa. He's changed the channel to something dumb, but she doesn't care. She's just happy to be sitting with her sensible heels off for the evening. And he pulls her feet into his lap, tenderly massaging the soles with his thumbs. 
She starts eating because, listen, she had a long fucking day and her blood sugar is getting kind of low. Shit, did she forget to take her probiotic again? Roman continues his massage, and it's a great one, the kind where you isolate each individual toe and really get in there to work out all that gloom and doom. Jerry (laughs) closes her eyes and sinks back into the couch, a little bucatini strand surfing a saliva wave out of the corner of her slackened mouth. Oh boy, isn't that great? That's great. That really, That's really made good. me happy. I cannot wait for Succession I to come. Cannot back. wait for Succession season three. I'm so excited. It's so good. The writing on oh it is boy. so tight. Oh boy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, do you endorse anything? Yes, I do. Peter, my husband, got me a food dehydrator for my birthday. <laughs> I don't recommend this for everyone. I'm not even sure if I recommend it for me, but I used it yesterday to dehydrate a bunch of hot peppers that I grew in my garden, and it's so cool. It's so cool. So you dehydrate them, and then what do you do with them? Then you can, like, make them into, like, crushed crushed peppers to put on your pizza, or you can, um, like, basically, like, I cut them into little rings, and then I put them in the dehydrator, and then I have these, like, really dried out little, like, pepper rings that I can, like, I could make an infused oil, I could make some compound butter, like, basically, it's just to preserve them. It's the same as, like, drying them on a string. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's faster. (laughs) That's It took, like, four hours, and then it was done. I feel like everyone right now is really into air fryers, and I don't quite understand those. I don't understand it. Isn't an air fryer just an oven? I don't know. I don't know either, and I refuse to find out. I won't look it up. Don't tell me either. I don't want to know. We've been doing this knowledge-themed podcast for (laughs) almost 10 years, and the one thing that has changed is that we are now openly rejecting new information. (laughs) It turns out, by doing this podcast, I learned I don't want to learn anything. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to remain an idiot. (laughs) Oh, um, I will say, okay, so another thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about how we're going to do this episode, like while letting new people in on it. I wanted to know, because I I do think, I was thinking about it, I was like, I think my life has changed more than your life. Oh, yeah? In the nine years. I do, I think both of our lives have changed quite a bit. How's, your ch- how's yours changed more? So, okay. When our podcast started, you were living with Adam and uh-huh. a dog. Oh, yeah. Okay. And doing art. That's true. I'm still doing that. <laughs> when our podcast started, I was living alone. I was single. And I was doing stand-up almost every night. Mm. And now I'm married. I have a dog. I don't do stand up anymore. <laughs> but we've both we both now just work in TV. <laughs> That's true. I did I I did used to be like a solo lone wolf uh, illustrator cartoonist, and now I work with like a huge team. So That's a huge huge. That difference is a big shift. Yeah, I mean, job. I think the it's really superficial the ways in which my life has changed more than yours in certain in some ways. Like I think both of us have gone through big shifts. We're just in totally different phases of our lives now. We're old. <laughs> 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 we are withered old crones <laughs> here to curse you. <laughs> I got a blood test the other day and it came back that I had a abnormally high amount of occult blood, which I just assumed meant I'm a witch. And then I asked my doctor and he did not did not find the witch thing funny. And he said it just means hidden blood. 
hidden blood. Yeah. And then he was like, I don't know. Were you on your period when you took the test? Maybe that's why. I'm like, okay. <laughs> happy happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Occult blood. <laughs> Pretty fucking cool. Uh, I, he also told me that I can't drink seltzer anymore. So I'm going to... Excuse me? I'm ready to throw myself off a bridge. I, don't, I can't... <laughs> Excuse me, what? Why work. can't you drink seltzer anymore? Because it's like acidic and the carbonation is bad for me. I have like a garbage body. Like the my digestive system is a complete mess. So you all you average digesters can probably handle it just fine. But yeah, if, I, like if you're pooping okay, you can keep drinking seltzer. Yeah, like if you don't have a problem, you know, don't you don't need to fix anything. But that's I, another big thing that's changed from the beginning of this podcast is you have some more diagnoses. I know. I have the same um, I have the same amount of problems. I just have more confusing answers. Yeah. <laughs> it's very very dull. Um oh, yeah. every year I find out a new thing I'm not supposed to uh drink anymore <laughs> drink or, or eat. eat. I believe I mentioned this in one of our ads in this episode, but yeah, I have to cut back on carbs until my triglyceride levels are down, and I don't know how to do it. I'm just really lost. I'm supposed to cut back on carbs always as well, because they are bad for me, Um, (laughs) and it sucks. (laughs) I can't cut them out completely, because then I just feel, like, sick. Like, I feel like I have the flu. Really? Yeah. You need some. You're just like oh, bread. I need yeah. bread or I'll die. I need a banana. <laughs> yeah, you just need need them to live. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I really don't know what I'm gonna do. It's just been so boring trying to figure out what to eat. I hate it so much. Yeah, it's horrible. I do think pro- probably that it's my blood levels are going to go back to normal once I'm able to like start regularly walking my dog again because mm-hmm. um, he's still recovering from surgery. So we just haven't been able to walk. And I've just been like gaining a bunch of weight and, you know, like not exercising and not dealing with it at all. <laughs> and I'm just counting on him getting better so that I don't have to will <laughs> myself to exercise and there will just be a dog begging me to take him out, and that will be the thing. Yeah, I was hoping when I got Annie um, two years ago, I got her as a puppy. I was hoping she'd be like a super sporty dog because she's a cattle dog. And it turns out she's yeah. like the laziest cattle dog in the world. <laughs> if I walk around the block, she's like, I'm going home now. We walked around once. I'm done. And if you try to jog with her, she's just like, no, uh-uh. I'm yeah. going to bed. <laughs> My dog is not like a super athletic dog, but he does love going on a walk around the neighborhood because he wants to try and find garbage to eat. And he hasn't figured out that even though now we put a mesh bag on his head (laughs) to prevent him from eating things when we walk him, he's I think there's still a part of him that he thinks it's like, okay, now it's time to go out on my garbage quest. (laughs) Yeah. At least he can sniff the garbage through the mesh bag. He can bag. sniff, and he can mark stuff, and he can just make sure everything's okay in the neighborhood. Like, there's this something actually, in it for him. This is what my doctor told me to do, is to put on a mesh bag and just sniff the LaCroix through the mesh bag. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but the bag is there to stop me from actually drinking it. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> um, are th- I was also thinking about this. So, like... Part of what we started this podcast to do was sort of like tease out the things that people were interested in that would be surprising. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like my interests have changed quite a bit. What are some things that you're interested in now that you were not interested in when we started? Um, 
What are some new... I I got more interested in cars, but I've always liked them. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. I I kind of like what I like. I still like horses. Always have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You've you've gotten more into gardening. That's your yeah. That's a new I've gotten more. I've got more into gardening for sure. Um, I don't know if I ever wanted to have a dog when we first started the podcast, and now I really like it. Yeah, you're, um, you're into your dog. Yeah. Um, <sighs> other than that, I don't know. Um, we've gotten more I'm, into to talking about just like petty things that our neighbors have done or. <laughs> I think there was always I was always going to be that person. Oh, I think sure. I've I don't think my pettiness level has changed at all as I've gotten older. No, mine is intensified. Should I see the doctor about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not showing up in my blood work, but I feel like it should. <laughs> I think if you eat less carbs it makes you more petty. Oh, okay. Maybe that's another reason to keep eating carbs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your other doctor, and I'm telling you. Um, um, well, we we have been soliciting. Sometimes we solicit things from our listeners. So in the past, we've asked for things like pictures of their butts. Um, yes. And our, our podcast has been going on so long that there have been, like, circular loops, basically, of, like, information. Because that started because we started talking about Jackie Stallone, Sylvester Stallone's mom, who practices a type of psychic reading called rumpology, where she, like, looks <laughs> at your butt and then reads your fortune. And so we said, like, screw her, send us pictures of your butt, and we'll do it. Yeah. And then we stopped talking about Jackie Stallone, but we kept talking about people's butts. And then people would listen to the podcast and be like, have you heard of Rampology? And send yeah. us that. <laughs> Which is great. It comes full circle. And then the brand for, is strong. <laughs> it is strong. And then for a while, we were soliciting um, bad store names, just like names of stores that when you drove by, you could not get out of your head because they were so awful. Such bad puns or just like a bad choice of words. Um, so those were fun. And then lately, we've just been asking for good gossip. Yes. Um, and we have gotten a few tidbits, uh, some of which, you know, I won't share, but some we can. Should I share mm-hmm. a couple? We've got, I've got yeah. two here. Um, <laughs> one person wrote, I work at a small company and while everyone else here uses the building's public restrooms, the owner has his own private restroom. I happened to be walking down the hall when he came out and I saw the inside was lined floor to ceiling with egg crate soundproofing. Unbelievable. Isn't that great? I'm jealous. That I think is some of the best gossip I've ever heard, and I, I I don't care who this is about. I don't care. I think that's so powerful too. I think if like if you're the owner of the business, yeah, just yeah, have your own private room to fart in. Why not? Yeah. Wow. Um, and then our first gossip that we solicited was really bad, and we called it out on the podcast. And the person who sent it to us wrote back. Oh yeah. Apologizing. <laughs> they, they wrote, okay, feedback heard and appreciated. Um, <laughs> and then they wrote, I was recently talking to a patient, uh, an older patient, and uh, a 70 plus patient. Yes. And he mentioned that his wife was upset with him at the moment. And he asked him why. And he said it was because he just, she just found out about his 38 year old girlfriend. So this is like a. Who he had started dating when she was 18. 
because the girlfriend opened half a dozen credit cards in his name and maxed them all out. That's pretty <laughs> fucking juicy. And I felt so, I was like, this is such a great email. And then he wrote back and was like, I'm sorry, I'm worried I came off as way too salty in the not last email. All. And we were like, not at all. Um, and I totally relate to that impulse of like, oh God, I sent an email and now I just, I feel bad about how I, and we just, I just want you to know that I felt nothing but pure delight in that email that you sent us. I feel, I feel love for you. I feel, yes, I, I relate to that feeling of being mortified every time I click send on anything. So yes, <laughs> I really appreciated this. That was some good goss. Great goss. Very juicy. Strongly appreciate. Um, and I just have so many questions about the soundproof bathroom. I know. He must just be ripping the biggest farts, right? Yeah, which is great. I mean, I love that. I love a I love a single stall bathroom where you can just go to town and then and nobody has to hear it. <laughs> Oh, wow. I mean, I just try not to think about what will happen if people get information about what I've done in a bathroom. I just assume if anyone hears me fart, they'll lose all respect for me and then they'll uh, and then I'll lose my job and I'll lose everything. I mean, I just feel like I can't. I mean, that's fair. I do think you should get fired if you fart. I think so. Uh, (laughs) I I don't feel that way about other people. I only feel that way about myself. I just feel like I, you know, my image would not be changed significantly by someone hearing me go to the bathroom. No, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't actually think, yeah, in reality, I think it would be fine. I think you could you could make it seem charming. You know how, like, some people walk into a room and you're like, oh, that guy fucks. You know, I walk into a room and people are like, oh, that woman shits. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that lady can fart. Um, I think when if I, if people hear me fart, they just feel bad for me. You know, they're just like, oh. Really? Different. Yeah, I can't make it seem cool or funny. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I should work on it. I feel like you, there's a person inside of you. That you just need to let out. Oh, my God. Who is someone who can just really own their farts. Shit, can I, like, practice in front of you sometime? <laughs> Please. <laughs> when you were a kid, did you ever... I mean, maybe this is, like, a like an origin story level revelation. But when you were a kid, did you ever uh, have any, like... I don't know. I want to call it a nursery rhyme, but I don't think it's a nursery rhyme. But like a playground song that you would sing about a fart. Um, I'm sure I did. I can't think of it. There was just one that everyone did that was like, silence, please. Everybody freeze. Da 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 da. Hit the deck. And then you <laughs> fart. <laughs> I've never heard that, but it's so funny. <laughs> Uh, so I think that might be why I've never really felt embarrassed about farts. Wow, that's it's... great. I wish I'd had that at, at, on my playground. It didn't make its way down to my elementary school. I wonder if that was actually taught to me by, by my father. It's really good. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Should we do one of our segments? Um, yes, we will be right back with uh, Chunch Chat. Our regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Can't you, uh, aren't you just filled with anticipation trying to figure out what it is we're about to talk about? <laughs> I'll explain. Don't worry. <laughs> Chunch. 
When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, fine wine, full moon, and we're chatting about chunch. chunch. All right, welcome to Chunch Chat. Um, in 2014, Martha, Martha Stewart, you know her. She's famous. She has a magazine, Martha Stewart Living. She's a great lady. Uh, she she got Ben Chunch, who's a fell pony, um, who is named by her grandchildren. So his name was Ben Chunch, which I found very funny. It's a very funny should name we, for a horse. Should we also say Lisa's one of like the most preeminent horse girls in American culture? I am a horse girl. Production designer on Bojack Horseman. Bojack was based on one of Lisa's drawings. Oh yeah. And when Lisa was a child, she said she wanted to become famous for growing for drawing horses, and it happened. It happened. Uh, so anyway, Manif- this is why Lisa- I manifested it. <laughs> yes. So this is why Lisa became interested in this. Continue. I also just like Martha Stewart. I like sort of like cold waspy women. I don't know why. Um, I find them fascinating. Her yeah. Anna Wintour, just women like that. I'm just like, what's your deal? How can I crack that icy surface and get to your warm, gooey core? And I, what I like about Martha is that she really loves animals. Um, and she's a fucking savage. Um, so ben, ben Chunch is the pony she got. And he's actually the same size as Junie, which is is my pony that I've had for a couple years. Um, I like little small stout horses. Um, but then a few years later, she suddenly changed the name to Banchunch, all one word. So it used to be Ben Chunch, two words, very funny name, Banchunch now. And I don't know if her grandchildren clarified. They're like, Grandma, we meant to say Banchunch, name him that. Or if it just sounded like a fancier name to her, like more of like a horse name. <clears throat> I don't know. And I've never gotten to the the bottom of this mystery I've never been able to crack it. Um, this segment started as you just wanting to talk about the existence of this pony, and then it just became like, we just need to update anytime there's news about this pony. Yeah. Um, and then in lieu of new news about Ben Chunch, because she does not post about him that often, I, I just talk about her other animals, her other ponies. Uh, this week, I have an update about a cat. Um, yes. She posted a picture of a cat with a dead squirrel in its mouth. Like I said, she's a savage. (laughs) And the caption's amazing. She wrote, Blackie the cat, he found us five years ago. He has paid us back every day for adopting him summarily without references or recommendations. (laughs) 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 He's got a dead squirrel. (laughs) And the comments, the comments, people are so upset. (laughs) Her, Her fans cannot handle this. (gasps) Okay, I just had a thought, which is, is part of the reason why Martha Stewart fascinates you is that, like, in a way, the way that she spends her money is, like, a little bit what you would do if you had that money of, Um, like, just having a farm with every animal that you've ever been interested in? That's part of it is the lifestyle porn a little bit. Like, she does really have a beautiful farm, and she has a whole separate shack just for her basket collection. You know, that's cool. I don't think I would quite go in that direction. I would not buy, like, five Frisian horses. That's not my (laughs) deal. But, but yes, in general, she has a very beautiful, picturesque lifestyle. Um, I don't know. She – I kind of – I like – cold like sort of boomer women who they give me kind of mommy vibes you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's part of it yeah i want i want to meet her and i want her to like me it's also it's just sort of like <laughs> here is an option for how to age yeah like if, here's if you're, a, if you're extremely rich 
if you're extremely rich. I mean, I don't even mean in terms of like how she looks or anything like that or how her body's aging. Which is sort of like she looks fantastic. (laughs) She has a lot of work done. A lot. Um, A lot. I just meant in terms of like, I think when I was younger, I had such a hard time conceptualizing a happy life being an older person. And Martha Stewart just seems like she does exactly what she wants to do. She has a bunch of interests. She's super active. Nothing about her life seems like it's like slowed down or uninteresting or, you know? Yeah. I also like how she doesn't seem to care about pleasing other people. Like, yes, she is like legendary hostess, you know, but she she doesn't give a shit if you like her or not. Right. She's like, I want to serve you the best burrata possible. Yeah. That's like priorities that make sense to me. Yeah. All right. Does that conclude Chunch Chat? Yeah. (laughs) That concludes Chunch Chat. We'll be right back with One on Fun. Baby Geniuses is brought to you by Dipsy. Everyone needs an escape, but those can be hard to come by right now. Enter Dipsy. Let yourself get lost in a world where good things happen and where your pleasure is the only priority. And you can get horny as you want. There are so many parts of my life where my pleasure is not the main priority. (laughs) When I'm driving, for example, I guess safety is the priority. (laughs) Oh, pleasure is my top priority when I'm driving. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. (laughs) Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there. They're pretty immersive. I wouldn't do it while driving. I would do it while laying down in bed. You might start to dissociate a little bit and like... If you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. There you go. Listen to it in bed. That's safe. Yes. In bed, <laughs> on on couch. <laughs> on couch. These are safe places to get horny as hell. <laughs> For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash geniuses. That's 30 days of full access for free. That's enough time for you to explore everything that Dipsy has to offer. And, and they truly have everything. They truly have so much. Your interest will be piqued when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories dot com slash geniuses. Come on, you know you're curious. Check it out. <laughs> DipsyStories.com slash geniuses. Google how to spell geniuses if you don't know how. Makes <laughs> me laugh every time. A man goes to the doctor and says that he's depressed and that life seems cruel. The doctor says, ah, the treatment is simple. The great clown Pagliacci is in town tonight. Go and see him and you will surely feel better. The man bursts into tears and says, but doctor, I am Pagliacci. Ah, okay, says the doctor. In which case, try listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award-winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to One on Fun. Okay, I was thinking about the origins of this segment as well. Mm-hmm. 
One on fun is a segment where Lisa and I ask each other just like random questions. And this segment, I think, began because I personally don't feel like I don't know how to ask questions that will help me get to know people. Oh. And this segment has become incredibly stupid. Like, it's very silly. It makes no sense. It's not revealing about anything super deep. But it started from, like, a deep insecurity I have about intimacy. Wow. (laughs) I love that. That's that's such a, like, an earnest, um, (laughs) an earnest core to this very stupid segment. Yeah. It just, like, it had been troubling me how often people that I thought I knew well would reveal things to other people that I hadn't even thought to ask them about. Yeah. And I think that that uh, sort of duality sums up our podcast pretty well, because we're just (laughs) constantly walking a tightrope between low stakes absurdity and just, like, a well of vulnerability. (laughs) Well put. Very well. Well said, Emily. Thank you. So the rules of this segment are each of us has to ask the other one a question. And the unofficial rules are we are not allowed to prepare. We, ne- <laughs> we hardly ever absolutely prepare. Absolutely allowed to prepare. But part of why this segment persists is because every time we get here, we cannot think of a question. And it's just... It's um, very funny it, to me. and it, It's very funny to me as well. It's exquisite agony. <laughs> um... Uh, Emily. Yes. What is the talent that you are most proud of having? That you are proudest of? That is tricky because I'm deeply proud of so many of my talents. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think that I am a good interview subject. Mm. It doesn't come up as often (laughs) as I'd like. It's not even the thing I'm most proud of, but I think it's the thing where I, it's like I can surprise myself the most in those situations. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm proud of the fact that I am, like, good at the things that I do for a living. Yeah. I think. Um, And I'm proud of those things. Yes. Yes. But I think the talent that I have that is, like, the the one that I'm like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at that. That's, like, my reaction to that is, like, sometimes when I'm, like, on other people's shows and stuff, I'm like, oh, I did a funny thing in the moment that I didn't know I was going to do. I think you were very good at answering, like, on the fly and Thank making you. it something that's actually, like, funny and eloquent. Thank you. You're not a, you're not a rambler. <laughs> when asked a question being concise is, has always been very important to me yes uh i'm not always good at that but i like sometimes i do go on but only when i think i have like a lot to say about something <laughs> um lisa yeah are there questions you wish i had asked you like, are there things that I should have been asking you about that I haven't been, that I, I don't like, know about you? You know, I feel like um, every interview ends with this question. Like, like, did is there anything I missed that you wish that I would have asked you about? I feel like a lot of times when I get interviewed, like, about the show and stuff, I get asked that. And I was just like, I don't know what's interesting about me. So, no, I don't know. Interesting. You know I mean? Like, when you get inter- interviewed about Tuca and Birdie? Yeah, or about anything, about my art. I'm just like, I have no idea, like, what anyone could possibly want to know about me. Yeah. 
Like, but what about me as your friend? As your friend, as my friend, what do I wish you would ask me about? Um, like if you were wearing a button that said "Ask me about blank," what would it say? I don't know. I always like it when you ask me for advice about something. You do? Yeah, that's my love language, I think, is like being valued for my knowledge. I'm always like, oh, Emily thinks I'm smart enough that she wants to know what I think about this. That's cool. Okay, this is honestly extremely valuable information for me because sometimes (laughs) I worry that I'm bothering you or you don't have time. No. But I do value your advice very much. You're one of the smartest and most insightful and empathetic people I know. I feel like I trust your instincts so much. That's very nice. No, I loved when you asked me, like, which car you should lease (laughs) and um when you're like which dress did i get like i love that that's great yeah okay cool i always forget about serious relationship questions oh you can ask me anything anytime i love being asked questions um i always forget that i can ask other people for advice and that it won't bother i I never want to bother anyone ever um and i always forget that people like to feel helpful yeah i think so yeah um. All right. This is good. I mean, we fucking did it. We did this it. This was one of the most successful one-on fun segments I think we've ever had. I know. Usually they're a lot sillier. <laughs> I am so sorry for the expectations we're setting for any new listeners with this right now. Usually it's just like, if you were a shoe, how would that feel? <laughs> what, what do you like better? Uh, I'm looking around the room. Uh, yeah. Do you like windows or doors? Uh, pick one. Uh. <laughs> it's usually more like along the lines of like a uh, <laughs> like if you could move your tits to a different part of your body where would you put them <laughs> and you can't say but you said that last time <laughs> god we've asked each other the same question so many times and it's always the most ridiculous shit <laughs> It does get kind of gets. It's like a, oh, a little dada, dadaist, I'd say. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> a pretentious way to say. Um, <laughs> dadaist is like a pretentious way of saying stupid. <laughs> which it's important that you tell people what dadaist means because we've explained it in other episodes, but we're catching up new people. <laughs> I'm not sure what it means. I'm just. I don't either. I'm honestly just throwing it out there. I do. You, I should yeah. know uh don't look it up it's an art movement i don't know i mean i know it's yeah um surrealism (laughs) all right that concludes one on fun we'll be right back with wiki of the week baby geniuses is brought to you this week by native uh, you know what stinks? What? I got some uh, blood work done and I found out that I have to cut down on my carbs. Ugh, always, always with the carbs. You know what carbs are in? Everything. Everything. You know what tastes <laughs> really good? Carbs. Carbs. That stinks. Sometimes life stinks, but guess what? You don't have to because you can try Native. You probably already know about Native's legendary aluminum-free deodorant, but have you tried their body wash, toothpaste, or their brand new mineral-based sunscreen? Oh my goodness. Native is on a mission to overhaul your entire hygiene routine by putting the care and self-care with products carefully made to work against odor that are made with simple ingredients and that smell great. Try their limited edition scents, including oat milk latte, mm, key lime and sugar, and matcha and sweet cream. Their scents are so good and so subtle. It's like the difference between like a good 
cocktail and like a uh, <laughs> like a one from the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Stay fresh, stay clean with Native by going to nativedeo.com slash geniuses or use promo code geniuses at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash geniuses or use promo code geniuses at checkout for 20% off your first order. So uh, on our podcast, every episode, we read a wiki page. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I mean, that, there's like a very obvious connection to <laughs> the initial theme of the show. This started uh, from the very beginning, right? Like we've always done this. Yeah, I, I mean, the it it's something we did from the absolute get go. And I found in the emails the two Wikipedia pages that I think like inspired this were figging, figging. Which is when you shave ginger and put it in the butt of a horse to make it, like, clomp around and seem younger. I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, And then, weirdly, the Wikipedia page for the movie The Dilemma, which just had, like, a really rambly, like, clearly fan-submitted, overly detailed plot explanation. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. um, But uh, it has evolved into just a segment where like we get a lot of fantastic listener submissions to babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com of wikipedia pages that they think are interesting and we read from them and uh i just think it's like interesting seeing the diversity of different things that get wikipedia pages yeah it's we obviously lean towards ones that are like kind of disgusting or mystical, magical or surprising in some way. Right. Or weirdly banal, like yeah. list of sandwiches is one we did a while ago. I liked that one. Uh, I liked that one a lot. Um, and <clears throat> we have been doing this podcast for a very long time. We do not expect nor even recommend that people start from the beginning. (laughs) I don't know what we were saying early on. Um, (laughs) But as a result, we have established a little bit of a brand for ourselves in terms of like the types of pages we're interested in. Our listeners know us pretty well, but they sometimes don't know that we've done pages. Like so, Which is understandable. I, I would say in the last... A last... You know, however long we've been doing the podcast, we have been we like as time goes on, we'll start to get more and more submissions of pages that we did really early on in the podcast because those actually kind of set the tone for the segment. And so it makes sense. So for this episode, we decided we are going to do the we are going to revisit. Yes. The absolute, I would say, most submitted after we had already done it. Wikipedia page. Yes. Possibly in an episode that's no longer even available because this is when we were on our old network. Yeah. And it is the Wikipedia page for Le Petomaine. Le Petomaine. The Le Petomaine. Se- by the way, the second most often submitted one is uh, Potatoes, which is a horse named Potatoes, and it's the word Potatoes with eight O's. Yeah, so it's Potu. Potu. <laughs> but yeah, we've done that one as well. Um, but this one... Uh, it's great. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Look, I understand why you guys are sending it. 
It's a great Wikipedia page. <laughs> Let's talk about it again. Maybe there will be new stuff in here. Maybe yeah. new information will be will have been unearthed yes. about Le Petomain. Yeah. All right. Joseph Pujol, born June 1st, 1857, died August 8th, 1945, best known by his stage name Le Petomain, uh, was a French flatulist professional farter and entertainer. <laughs> you guys all, even the new people understand why this was something we covered and why people continue to send to us. I feel like at this point, we've done a good job of doing some character establishing. <laughs> we've done a great job of establishing we love farts. Yes. He was famous for his remarkable control of the abdominal muscles, which enabled him to seemingly fart at will. His stage name combines the French verb péter, to fart, which I, now that I'm married to someone named Peter, is really funny. <laughs> With the name Maine, or maniac suffix, which translates to fartomaniac. <laughs> the profession is referred to as flatulist, fartour, or fartiste. Does reading this make you feel competitive at all? With him? Yeah, are you like, I could do this. Absolutely not, because it's all about <laughs> abdominal ability. Oh. It's just like, oh, yes, another door closed to me. Oh, yes. Another door to my dream life has been closed because I'm never going to be like, I mean, it does make me feel like motivated to exercise. But yeah, no, I don't I don't think uh, I definitely need to work <laughs> on my core strength before I want to become a fartiste. You know, and the truth is, I fart enough. <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need to work do more in but do you fart with like intention with you know with control that's what you know to be able no. to, to use your your butt as an instrument is really <laughs> look i seek control of my life to a fault and <laughs> i think farting is an important way that i give up control <laughs> to be psychologically healthy i need to not wow yeah you know, maybe here's the thing. I think the first time we covered this page, I wasn't in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and now I am. <laughs> maybe my attitude is different. I tried to find the, the episode where we talked about this and I couldn't. So who knows what my attitude was about it. Maybe at that time I was more competitive. Does it make you feel competitive? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But just, I just, this is how I feel about everything. I'm like, I can do that because I'm just, Insane. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but whenever I watch those like <clears throat> those like uh, athletic like <laughs> obstacle course TV shows, yeah. there's a part of me that's like, give me a month. Totally. I could do that. Absolutely. And that is the most delusional thought I have. Completely delusional. Of all my thoughts. Yeah. I always think I want to I want to have at it. I want to give it a go. I would I would fall af- off after 0. 0.03 seconds. My arms would just get so tired right away that I would give up. Yeah. It would I would be the fastest bail of all time if I tried that. Every so often I'll get stuck holding my arms above my head for longer than I thought I was going to and I cry. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. It was a common misconception that Joseph Pujol passed intestinal gas as part of his stage performance. I mean, yeah, I had that misconception. (laughs) Um, Rather, Pujol was allegedly able to inhale or move air into his rectum and then control the release of that air with his anal sphincter muscles. 
Evidence of his ability to control those muscles was seen in the early accounts of demonstrations of his abilities to fellow soldiers. Fellow soldiers? Started in the military. He's in the trenches. You know how in the military there's that guy on the trumpet? That, that was this guy. Yeah. But he's doing it with his asshole. All right. Uh, life and career. Joseph Pujol was born in Marseille, one of five children of stonemason and sculptor Francois Pujol and his wife Rose in a family of Catalan origin. Oh, so Catalan maybe Pujol. I can't I can't figure out. Yeah. If it's French, oh. it's Pujol. If it's Spanish, it's Pujol. Who knows? Pujol. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Did we get wow. there the first time we covered this page? I don't oh, know if no. we did. We've cracked Let's call this thing wide open. <laughs> Holy crap. Holy crap. This is making me doubt that this guy ever existed. This is all a QAnon conspiracy theory. Okay. It is. This guy's last name cannot have been Pujol. Okay. Pujol. <laughs> Soon after he left school, he had a strange experience while swimming in the sea. He put his head under the water and held his breath, whereupon he felt an icy cold penetrating his rear. <laughs> He ran ashore in fright and was amazed to sense water pouring from his anus. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> while serving in the army, he told his fellow soldiers about his special ability and repeated it for their amusement, sucking up water from a pan into his rectum and then projecting it up to several yards. <laughs> he found that he could suck in air as well. A baker, Pujol, 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 Pujol <laughs> would sometimes entertain his customers by imitating musical instruments and claim to be playing them behind the counter. Pujol decided to try the stage and debuted in Marseille in 1887. When his act was well received, he moved to Paris, where he appeared at the Moulin Rouge in 1892. Lisa, and can I ask you a personal question? Yes. How many times have you tried to like suck air into your anus while reading this page? zero but now i've okay now now twice (laughs) i've lost count (laughs) i don't think i'm sucking in anything i think i'm just i'm just no yeah i'm just cramping it it feels weird i don't like it i'm just spasming my own butt yeah i don't remember Uh, (laughs) why wasn't he in moulin rouge the movie that would have made the movie better yeah (laughs) maybe he got cut Some of the highlights of his stage act involved sound effects of cannon fire and thunderstorms, as well as playing O Solo Mio and La Marseillaise on an ocarina through a rubber tube in his anus. (laughs) He could also blow out a candle from several yards away. His audience included Edward, Prince of Wales, King Leopold II of the Belgians, a very evil man, and Sigmund Freud. (laughs) <laughs> what did Freud think? <laughs> I mean, he would have had a fucking field day. <clears throat> uh, in 1894, the managers of the Moulin Rouge sued Pujol for an impromptu exhibition he gave to aid a friend struggling with economic difficulties. Pujol was fined 3,000 francs, and the Moulin Rouge lost their star attraction as the disagreement led him to set up his own traveling show called the Theatre Pompadour. Can we just circle back to why he wasn't in the Moulin Rouge movie? <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm thinking about it more and more, and it just would have been such a more interesting movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on, Boz. Boz Lerman. 
Yeah. <clears throat> In the following decade, Pujol tried to refine and make his acts gentler. One of his favorite <laughs> numbers became a rhyme about a farm, which he himself composed, and which he punctuated with anal renditions of the animal's sound. How is that gentler? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like about a, you know, about a, a, a barnyard, you know, like kids could be into that instead of being, I don't know, thunderstorms about like a thunderstorm. Cannon I, it fire. doesn't yeah. make a ton of sense to me. Um, with the outbreak of World War One, Pujol retired from the stage and returned to his bakery in Marseille. Later, he opened a biscuit factory in Toulon. He died in 1945, aged 88, and was buried in the cemetery of La Velle du Var, where his grave can still be seen today. Wow. And farted on. <laughs> Legacy. Le Petomaine left an enduring legacy and has inspired a number of artistic works. <laughs> These include several musicals based on his life, such as The Fartiste, awarded Best Musical at the 2006 New York International Fringe Festival, <laughs> and Seth Rosen's A Passing Wind, which was premiered at the Philadelphia International Festival of the Arts in 2011. Did they find people who could actually do this for those shows, or did they just know. use sound effects? Probably sound effects. Okay. In addition, Le Petomain was added to David Lee's 2007 reworked revival of the 1953 Broadway play Can Can, which had originally been written by Abe Burroughs and Cole Porter. The updated play, staged at the Pasadena Playhouse, featured musical theater actor Robert Yakko as the fartiste, <laughs> with sound effects provided by the band's trombone and pic piccolo players. More recently, the re-released works of English toilet, toilet humor specialist Ivor Biggin include <laughs> Southern Breeze, a song about a famous French farteur who describes in rhyme a stroll through a farmyard accompanied by appropriate farting noises. There's got to be, like, a modern era... Fartiste, right? Like, there's got to be someone on TikTok who's like able to control their butt like this. Please send us that TikTok to babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. I ruined my TikTok be. algorithm, so I'm not finding new things anymore. It's only showing me horses. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, we, I, we could all see that coming. Yep. I, di I did it to myself. Um, Los Angeles-based Sherborne Press published Jean Nohan and F. Karadek's Le Petomaine as a small hardcover English-language edition in 1967. Due to its sensitive nature, the usual national publicity venues shield away, some claiming that an author was needed for interviews. Both elderly writers lived in France. However, behind-the-curtain acceptance created a buzz within the national radio-TV promotional circuit, and word-of-mouth discussion kept the book in stores for several years. Uh, and then Dorset Press reissued the book in 1993. It's so funny. In the 60s, it was like, you can't talk about this historical fart man on TV. <laughs> the character has been portrayed several times in film. In 1979, Ian McNaughton made a short humorous film written by Galton and Simpson called Le Petomaine, based on Joseph Pujol's story and starring veteran comic actor... Leonard Rossiter. The 1983 Italian movie Il Petomaine, directed by Pasquale Festa Campanile and starring Ugo Tognazzi, gives a poetic rendition of the character, contrasting his deep longing for normality with the condition of freak to which his act relegated him. The 1998 documentary Le Petomaine by Igor Ramos examines Joseph Pujol's place in history through archival films, none of which actually include him, historical documents, photographs, recreations, and fake or tongue-in-cheek interviews. 
Le Pet Domaine is also referenced in Blazing Saddles. Of course, a 1974 satirical Western comedy film by Mel Brooks. <clears throat> Brooks appears in multiple supporting roles, including the dim-witted Governor William J. Le Pet Domaine, whose name suggests he is full of hot air. Yeah. <laughs> Le Pet Domaine University is the name of the educational establishment in Up the Creek, a 1984 college movie starring Tim Matheson involving a whitewater rafting race. Le Petomaine is also a character in the novel The Great Abraham Lincoln Pocket Watch Conspiracy by Jacopo de la Quercia. Le Petomaine also appears as a character in the 2001 Australian-American jukebox musical romantic comedy film Moulin Rouge. He is in it! Oh my god! Played ah! by Keith Robinson. Ah! Wow. I owe everyone an apology. Yeah. How many of you were screaming at us just for the past 10 minutes? Oh my god, I am so sorry. I apologize personally <laughs> to Boz. <laughs> um, Le Petoman, without the E, because English-speaking audiences will pronounce main differently from man, was adapted for the theater in 2001 by Tony Stowers from the book Le Petoman. Uh, it was turned down by Whole Truck Salisbury Playhouse and the National Theater in the UK on the grounds that they felt their audiences would be too sophisticated for the subject matter. Come on, haven't they ever seen Shakespeare? Like, yeah. there's plenty of Mo fart jokes. You know who loved farts? Mozart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead, it has been read in English in Newcastle upon Tyne in 2005, in Paris in 2010, and again in Nantes in 2018, and to this day remains unperformed but often read. In 2010, it was translated into French by Tony Stowers and Kester Lovelace and appears in French Collection and Plays Volume 3 by Tony Stowers. Danish comedian group Orken and Soner, Sons of the Desert, have among their acts around 2010 a rendition of Otto Fiartoman, <laughs> Otto the Fart Maniac, a little perpetually smiling man with a nice suit and open buttocks trousers and a surprising ability to do various things fart-related, like inflating balloons or pushing himself across the stage on a skateboard. And there you have it. Uh, see also Toilet Humor, Roland the Farter, Mr. Methane, and Flatulence Humor. Yes. So there, um, so there, so Mr. Methane is a professional farter who started in 1991, um, briefly retired in 2006, restarted mid-2007. He claims to be the only performing farter in the world. Does he have a TikTok? <laughs> I want to get on Fart Talk. <laughs> and then Roland the Farter was a medieval flatulist who lived in 12th century England. Wow. That is... Wow. Wow. People, people have been into farts for... Since since the birth of mankind, really. Since farts began. Yeah. I love it. And before that, dinosaurs were into farts. Um, <laughs> we're smart. Uh, well, well, there you have it. That concludes Wiki of the Week. Thank you to everyone who has submitted this page over the years. It's very Too on many brand. to name. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you to whoever sent this to us originally. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? This is a segment where we ask each other what we learned today on this recording of our podcast. And I always panic because I can't think of anything that happened more than 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Lisa, what did you learn today? Um, I knew this, but I love co-hosting a podcast with you. And it's very, Aww. very fun. Yay. I love that also. I learned that Lisa likes to answer my advice questions, and she will rue the day that she admitted this to me. 
That's it. Another great episode of Heller Knows Best. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming to our slumber party. Um, Wow. if you, if the, I, we hope you enjoyed this show. If this was your first episode, um, I do. If you like this, I do think this was a good representation of what we do here. Yeah, we did what a little, we do here. What we business. do over here. It was a, <laughs> a good sampling of things we do. We had we had a little history, you know, a little bit of everything. Um, but yeah, we do a lot of silly stuff. I hope you uh, stick with us and listen to more episodes. Yeah, and check out all of the other great Max Fun shows that are doing these types of episodes right now. I think it's a really great opportunity to I, I think Maximum Fun, especially as a podcast network, has uh such a great catalog. Yeah. And there's so many different I think a lot of the a lot of the fans who have found us because we joined this network are exactly the types of fans that we want. Yeah. Um, they're sweet, smart cuties. Yeah. And I think that if that's you and you're a fan of our show, you'll find other shows like that on Max Fun right now. That's for sure. Thank you to uh, our producer, Rob Para. Thank you for putting up with our bullshit, Rob. Uh, yeah, baby. Thank you for our music, Nate Heller. Yeah, you can follow my brother, Nate Heller, at, on Twitter at uh, Uncle Nady. <laughs> You can follow me online. I'm at Lisa Draws on Instagram and Lisa Hanwalt on TikTok. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. Um, you can email us at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. And, and goodbye. goodbye. Yay! We know everything. Baby geniuses. We know everything. Baby geniuses. Everything, baby geniuses, we know everything. Hey, it's John Moe. And look, these are challenging times for our mental and emotional health. I get it. That's why I'm so excited for my new podcast, Depression Mode. We're tackling depression, anxiety, trauma, stress, the kinds of things that are just super common but don't get talked about nearly enough. Conversations that are illuminating, honest, and sometimes pretty funny with folks like Patton Oswalt, Kelsey Dara, and Open Mike Eagle. I have this public-facing self, and then I have my emotional self that tends to stay hidden. It was about finding a way to communicate to somebody that, like, there's terrible sh** going on back here. Plus psychiatrists, psychologists, and all kinds of folks. On Depression Mode, we're working together, learning, helping each other out. We're a team. Join our team. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported